Hello, and welcome to Good Selling Radio, podcasts for sales professionals looking for peak performance. GSR shares ways to make new and existing customer relationships easier, more effective, and more enjoyable. In a changing and busy sales world, take some time to stop for a moment and reflect, reframe, and refocus. So it's a really great pleasure to be talking today with Danny O'Neill in, uh, in Dublin. Uh, I'm sitting just to the west of Glasgow, and uh, Danny and I have been talking over recent months. Uh, Danny's got tremendous experience, particularly in hardware sales over 20 years or so, seen a lot of change, uh, and now working uh, very much on tools and processes to help in technology sales. So uh, welcome to Good Selling Radio, Danny. I guess the first point to start is when you look back at what what's happened over those 20 years compared to the real big changes that you're seeing now um what are you seeing changing in, in sales and then we'll we'll go on and talk about the future wow um hi richard great to be with you today and uh wow where do you start because i think we're everything is changing right um there i think we're in a really exciting time where you know, there are just huge new possibilities in the world of B2B selling. Um, you know, in the last kind of 20 years plus, we've seen incredible advancements with di- digital technology, new tools in the sales and marketing space. We've seen uh, massive advances around building skills and capabilities into our sales teams. We've seen uh, the growth of sales operations and customer success and uh, personalized marketing and account-based marketing. Uh, it's, it's simply a world of change at the moment. Uh, and I think more recently in the last couple of years, I guess we're, we're kind of reaching a point uh, where it's almost like it feels like there's a paradigm shift about to happen in the coming mm-hmm. years. And, uh, you know, the pandemic probably has, has shone a light on that more than ever and, and really refocused our minds. But yeah, it's an incredibly exciting time to be in B2B selling. And, you know, I think, yeah, I think the next number of years are going to be, we're going to see a lot of change. And to what extent do you think, you know, I'm, I'm very conscious that people will say to me, well, hang on, I've been doing this for, for some time. Uh, you know, we've had tools that work, got processes that work. Do you think those tools, those processes, those approaches are going to cause people to struggle? If yeah, we don't yeah. change, I mean, do we throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say, or uh, will everything need to change? Or are there some things we can take from the past and apply for the future? Yeah, there's there's definitely lots of learnings and best practices we've accumulated over the years. But I think the important thing we we now need to recognize is the the dynamic between customers and how they buy and how B2B teams sell and engage with those customers has, has fundamentally changed. Um, mm. You know, today, you know, and, and this I've been in sales for many, many years, and today B2B sales is still predominantly built around fairly linear internal sales process that's, you know, well-designed and well-defined and sits nicely within a CRM and everybody understands what it is. But, uh, but pretty much it's internally focused. It's, it's kind of focused on customer goals. And I think one of the, the big changes we've seen with digital transformation and the internet is that customers are simply just much more empowered today. They're yeah. much more uh, knowledgeable, tech savvy. 
can do all of their ups, upfront research and validation without ever engaging with a sales team. So yes. what's becoming really apparent is that those kind of simplistic internal focused processes and ways of working as a team just really don't, don't fit what the current world looks like. And mm -hmm. I think there's a real opportunity to start to rethink how do we realign and reimagine how we engage with customers on their terms and how do we start to work within their buying processes. I think that's really, really interesting. So what are the, you know, we talk about a changing future for sales. Yep. What are the really big things that you're seeing out there that are, that are driving that change? And then we can talk later about the impact on buyers and the impact on sellers. So yep. what are the mega trends that you're seeing? For sure. I mean, look, the, the most predominant one and, and the one we see time and time again is the changing changing nature of the customer buying processes. Customers are absolutely much more in control. They can lead that process. They're not as reliant on sales uh, to, to engage and, and guide them with expertise. Um, they typically do a lot of peer-to-peer -peer research within their industry. Um, they're very knowledgeable, as I say, about you know the solutions that are in the marketplace. So um, really they're in control and, and their expectations have fundamentally changed. Um, you know, most solution providers today do a great job of you know, providing quality information and, and lots of ebooks and thought leadership articles, and that's fantastic. But but customers, you know, that's just ticket to entry. Customers' expectations have fundamentally changed. Um, they want personalized experience. They want tailored insights to their business. And then within that buying process, of course, we see a lot more complexity. Uh, buying has been decentralized predominantly, and we see lots of different business functions involved in the buying process. And that's a real challenge for, for, for sales teams. They've, they've got to figure out a way to not only identify what the buying process is, but how to get early into that buying process so they can start to engage with stakeholders, influence thinking, as, you know, steer it in, in a particular direction, and ultimately bring customers to a consensus point. And you know, one of the fundamental challenges we see today for, for a lot of sales teams is actually driving customers to a decision. We see a lot of deal stagnation. I think the number is 40% plus of B2B set, uh, deals in the tech sector simply stagnate because teams can't bring that, that group of decision makers to a consensus. So there really is, a, you know, the, the tables have turned. Um, sales teams are no longer in control. The customer absolutely has the reins and we've got to figure out ways to engage them, as I said, on their terms. When you talk about the customers controlling the process, are you seeing changes or do you foresee changes in the way that buyers spend their time, for yeah. instance, compared to in the past? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. We see, um, we see buyers spend about 40% of their time just gathering business uh, criteria, uh, just really engaging with different stakeholders because most technology solutions in our space obviously uh, are cross-functional. So, so if there's a project the project lead typically has to engage with cross-functional stakeholders, collect their requirements, understand you know, what does measure, what does success look like for them. And 40% of their time is really going through that process. Only, only three to 5% of time is actually spent thinking about engaging with the IT, the, the solution provider. So there's, there's this kind of 40% upfront spent just pulling the criteria together, 20% actually engaging with vendors 
And then another 40% we find actually doing the validation and, and selection process. And that's a completely different dynamic. Um, sales teams now need to think about how do we get much more embedded in that early 40% so we can and guide and, and build relationships and, and get people to start uh, advocating for our particular point of view. And, and that's, uh, that's a big shift. Yeah, and, and a different uh, a different challenge for salespeople to know what they should be doing during that forty percent, even if they're aware that it's it's going on, because the buying cycle and the selling cycle, I think, are often uh, disconnected now in a way that they perhaps weren't in the past. Um, I'm intrigued by that that last forty percent. Are you saying that there's a almost forty percent of the time after they've pretty well decided who to choose? tying down the detail of what the relationship, what the project would look like. Is that what that, that latter 40% is doing? Yeah, that latter 40% is, is, is really going through the, 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 the motions of, of um, uh, uh, building that consensus to, to press the button and actually make a final decision. So the initial 40% is collecting the criteria, 20% is creating that shortlist of solution providers, and that's readily done. And then the final part is really engaging with those solution providers and working towards a final, a final decision. And that's where we find a lot of that uh, stagnation occurs. You know, average buying groups today are 11, 12 people from across the business. That is a challenge for anybody to, to drive a kind of convergence of thinking to move forward. And we hear time and time again from customers, you know, they see real value. And this is something to really think about. They see real value where vendors can help them with that final decision-making process. They see it as a different a point of differentiation. So, you know, it's not just today about you you know, the products and solutions and, and, and the value they deliver. It's if, if you can turn the customer buying experience into a, 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 a positive experience where you're helping them overcome those points of disagreements, that indecision to get them to a final decision, customers are clearly saying that that's something they really value and that, you know, but sellers should see that as a, as a way to create differentiation for themselves. It's really interesting. I'd like to come back when we look at the implication for sellers on what it means to be early in, in that initial 40%. Yeah. But I'm very struck by what you're saying. You're talking about maybe a, typically 11 people in the decision-making process. I think there was some data, uh, well, fairly well-used data of going from, I think it was 4.6 up to 6.8 uh, buyers, but now we're seeing that almost doubling again um, so that complexity doubling, doubling again and and also uh it, it i've seen figures as well where doubling of the number of stakeholders doubles the sales cycle right so you know uh projects now the average uh sales duration is now eight months but once you go over a million dollar deals you're getting up to 12 months plus so you know right. really helping the customer to get to a, a point of decision quicker obviously helps you reduce that sales cycle which is a good thing and it seems also to me that there are more users getting involved in the in the decision making process that you know, in the past you'd have the, the subject matter expert, the the boss, the CTO, yeah, the yeah. CIO, whatever, saying this is how we'll go about it and probably involving procurement. But are we seeing the engagement of 
different types of stakeholders, different personas who weren't even involved in the buying process in the past getting involved. Is for sure. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we see, I think the number is two thirds of, of IT projects now are starting outside of IT, starting in right. different segments of the business. And it really comes down to, you know, functional leaders seeing a problem in their in their business and pulling other stakeholder, stakeholder leaders from different segments of the business together to look at that challenge. And then thinking about technology as a way to solve that problem. And, and then, of course, they engage with IT and there's collaboration and scoping and you start your first 40% cycle. And then we find for deals over about a million dollars plus, you see procure, procurement brought into that collaboration really as, a, as an oversight. Uh, but, but certainly, you know, when you think about IT solutions today, they can impact you know, marketing and sales and, and finance and, and legal and customer success and support. Um, you know, there's there's really every function uses that platform in, in some way. So there's there's an interest to bring those leaders together. So, you know, that's something very different. It's, it's uh, certainly much more complex than we would have seen in years gone by. So uh, what does that mean for the, the salesperson who in the past turned up, saw one person <laughs> Uh, sold the stuff and got out. So uh, how do you see the implications for, for sellers in this future world that you're painting for us? Yeah, well, don't panic. Don't give up. Don't, uh, you know. Thank uh, you for that. That's good to <laughs> Yeah, uh, look, you know, I think the, the, the fundamental principle here is we got to double down on the customer and, and, and really, really um, take a rise away from the internal focus that perhaps we've 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 done in the past, and really double down on the customer, uh, their business, their challenges, their goals. Um, really think about understanding what their buying processes are, where those projects originate, as we've touched on, and um, who are the stakeholders involved in those projects, and then you know again, it's it's getting as early as possible into that buying process so that you really stand a chance of, of developing those relationships with those various stakeholders, demonstrating value, demonstrating thought leadership, and really starting to influence their thinking towards your particular, your solution and value. Uh, and that is, that is fundamentally different. You know, I think today, some of the stats out there from Gartner, the research from Gartner and Challenger show that most buyers engage 60% the way through the buying process. So they literally are engaging sellers right at the back end of, of a deal. And, you know, that's, that's, that's a bad place to be. You very little chance of steering customer thinking in your direction or influencing the solution they're going for. And, and usually that leads to a pretty, a pretty much a rat race on price, right? Commoditization of price, you're shortlisted. It's, it's, it's not, the discussion is, on, is not on value, it's on, it's on price and delivery, et cetera. And that's just not where you wanna be. So I think for sellers, just to, just to, just to recap on that, it, it's really, you know, we talk a lot about customer centricity, but this time around, we've got to mean it. Uh, it's, it's not a buzzword. We've, we've really got to figure out how to do that. Great, but I'm scratching my head here and thinking, well, yeah, how do how do how does a seller get in early enough before even as you've said, you know, in that first forty percent of time where the customer is throwing ideas around, trying to figure out what they want, they've certainly not gone out to the market yet. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, you know, people talk about being present on the path of purchase. They talk about um, managing, uh, you know, the zero moment of truth before you actually meet the customer. Do you have any thoughts on how sellers can be present early on the path of purchase? Yeah, look, I, I think it's prob there's probably another call on what I think marketing should be doing from uh, in terms of messaging and, and so on. But I think fundamentally, it's about sparking a new idea in the customer's mind. Um, and whether that's true marketing campaigns and how they go to market and do that, or whether it's true an individual salesperson engaging with someone within a business, um, it, it's, it, I, I really believe in a world awash with thought leadership and, uh, you know, interesting top 10 lists of things to do, and they're all great and, you know, they have their place. Uh, I really think, again, it's about the individual salesperson thinking about how can I make this relevant to this particular customer, this particular stakeholder in the part of the business that they function in? How can I tailor and personalize my message, uh, the value we can deliver for that particular individual? Uh, and I think sometimes it's just being provocative, right? You know, in a, in a list of, you know, 15 competitive vendors in a market saying very similar things, delivering very similar value, it's thinking about how you can say something slightly provocative that uh, is absolutely resonates with the individual. Mm, that's really interesting. And um, when you talk about this complexity, um, presumably, it's saying if not the end of the, the lone wolf seller, but presumably team selling and all the kind of communication issues and collaboration issues are going to come more and more into play. Would that be a, yeah. a fair I mean, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, the, the nature, particularly in my sector in the tech space, you know, solutions are, are complex to sell, right? Lots of moving parts. Um, whether it's the solution itself or the, the customization of the solution or the delivery of the solution, it's a complex beast. So um, it's very challenging for an individual to make that sale today. So collaboration across the function, whether that's, you know, field sales in the past with internal sales, you know, delivery experts, product experts, they need to come together. Uh, and again, I've seen this, you know, so many times in my own experience, it's, it never ceases to amaze me when you bring a different perspective into the team, whether that's technical or marketing or delivery or customer success, it just adds so much in terms of the messaging and how you're going to engage with customers. So, you know, the old saying of, you know, many heads better than one is really, really true. You, you put a salesperson together with a technical person, a delivery person and a manager, and, and you start to create something that I think is much more powerful when you do engage with customers than, than, than it has been in the past. So team collaboration, closer collaboration and real collaboration is, is, is going to be critical to success moving forward. But I guess the risk is that it all turns into an internal talking shop and everything gets lost in the long grass. So you know, managing that complexity to, to achieve a result because at the end of the day, you know, sales we're rewarded on on yep. the result yep. you know coming off as winners not just playing the game and coming an expensive second so i guess the role of the seller as a as a team leader as a collaboration leader becomes more and more important
Yeah, I think I think you know we're at a point where leaders are starting to really recognize we need to start to think differently about how we empower and enable our teams. Um, you know, going back to when we started the conversation, I think we've 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 set up our businesses in quite a siloed way. You know, marketing do their part and sales do their part and product do their part and so on and so forth. And customer experience is quite transactional and customers say this themselves, right? You know, hey, it's fragmented. I'm talking to Johnny one day and Mary the next day and, and so on and so forth. It's not a great experience. And that kind of traditional setup, of course, there's no way um, you can do that deep customer centricity that I thought uh, talked about. You know, how do you really go under the hood of the customer and their business to tailor and personalize your message? Um, you can't do that as a single person. So I think I think business leaders recognize that. And there's been lots of talk of, you know, account-based marketing approaches and, you know, tailoring content and so on. But we've never really thought about, well, how do we enable that within our organizations? And, and I think there's a level of, you know, thinking about structure and tools and technologies and really def- redefining what customer success looks like. Uh, and I, I think that's what's, what the priority is going to be over the next number of years as business leaders really starting to put that on paper and build that into their businesses. That's really good. Um, I could go on in this conversation for, for a long time, but uh, just as we, as we draw to a close, if I were to put you on the spot and say, if you just had a one or two, just a handful of, of advice to sales professionals, to sales leaders, as they face this changing future, uh, what would you say are the, the critical few, the things they really need to get right? So I'm putting you on the spot there. Um, wow. Okay. Um, you know, I think, I think, look, fundamentally, it comes back to this customer centricity um, and breaking down those silos between organizations. I think that's, that's really, really critical. I think there's an opportunity here for leaders to, to really come together from across the different functions and start to rethink about a collective strategy. What does collective customer success look like? What does collective sales excellence look like? How do we start to define a set of common goals and measures of success that we all align to so that we can, you know, get a much, much deeper understanding of, you know, how good a job our teams are doing Uh, today. You know, we, we, we kind of over fascinate on productivity and quantitative metrics, but we actually have very few measurements into how good our teams are at collaborating and selling, right? How effective are they at engaging with customers, at building that advocacy, at driving customers to a consensus? We've no measures for any of that. Um, and part of that, the reason is because we're still in siloed functions with our own KPIs and our own priorities. I think leaders now recognize that if we're going to survive and thrive in this kind of world of change and customer complexity and, you know, other crises that no doubt are down the line, we've got to figure out a way to, to really set our teams up for success and, and to put the right kind of structures and processes in place to enable them. That's fantastic. Danny, uh, thank you for taking time out from all the hard work that you're doing on uh, making technology serve the sales professional, uh, which I know is your, your very much your focus. Uh, it's really thought-provoking. You probably raised more uh, questions in my mind than you, you've given answers, but that's good and healthy uh, as we face a radically and rapidly 
uh, changing sales future. So, Danny, thank you. Really appreciate it. And uh, wish you continuing success in all you do. Thanks very much. Great. Thank you, Richard. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you have enjoyed what you've heard, have questions or feedback, please leave a review and we'll be sure to get back to you. If you'd like to know more about how we can help you drive sales performance in these changing times, then please get in touch.